A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. From Barangaroo Studios, the Ausbiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Good afternoon, good evening to you. This is the 2nd of November. Great to have you listening, whenever that may be. I'm Nadine Blaney, here with David Scott. Scotty, it was a Monday. How was it? It was okay. I got a bit of a headache, but I've got to be honest. But I uh, know the rest of the uh, I know it was, it was grand for everyone else, it looks like, the uh, market up and uh, the start of what's going to be an incredibly busy week. Yeah, I'd say that, you know, cautious optimism, I suppose. So the local market finished up by close to two-tenths of a percent when all was said and done. So... All things considered, you know, we'll talk about a lot of the risks on the horizon, but all things considered, a pretty positive performance. We had AMP actually leading the charge. A bit more information coming through on that Aries Capital bid on the table. Plenty of market participants, Scotty, telling us this is just the start of it. I even saw on Twitter somewhere, I can't remember who, someone saying, look, Macquarie's going to get in into uh, into the action. Who knows, but certainly the, uh, the share price reaction over the past couple of days has been violent to the upside. So I think the other uh, stock closed at a three-month high. Some rare respite for you know, beleaguered AMP shareholders. It's certainly so. So we saw Sydney Airport also gaining. We had the New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian saying that, look, uh, the borders between New South Wales and Victoria could be open in weeks, not months. I don't think that's necessarily what was behind Sydney airports. But, you know, a, a few of those opening names not doing bad today. We saw Coles and Woolworths looking pretty good as well. Um, and then we get to the banks. So we did see gains for ANZ and NAB. Not so for WBC, which, of course, reported today plenty of disappointment around uh, the detail, I suppose, in that, in that result. Yes, like everything at the moment, uh, expectations about the future are really driving with the share price performance uh, on the day. So obviously, you know, given the share price reaction in Westpac, uh, a lot of disappointment, as you say. Look, all things being equal, it's still a really uncertain environment. But from a macro space, you look at the banks, they're very in tune with what goes on in the, the broader economy. Uh, where I sit from um, Barangaroo Towers here, uh, Things are starting to look more improved uh, here domestically. Not, we can't say the same about abroad. There's obviously a lot of risks that are out there at the moment. But domestically here in Australia, we can't go and survive on our own. But uh, certainly uh, for the time being, we're starting at a much stronger starting point than other parts of the world. Yeah, I actually left the office today. News, breaking news. But I went to the post office. I had to walk down to Pitt Street here in Sydney. And yeah, there was a lot more people walking around the city noticeably busy to me. Um, we spoke with the head of investment strategy at Wilson's advisory, John Lockton, about Westpac's result. Well, he said a lot about it, but the bottom line, he said, you know, there's uh, the outlook that's a big concern. He says that when it comes to Westpac, his sup- suspicion is that it's going to take some time for core profits out of the bank to lift. He says there is a turnaround story there, but he just doesn't think it's going to be as fast as ANZ or perhaps NAB, and you can listen to that full interview via the show notes. And ta-da, Westpac was the stock of the day. Uh, So we sat down, Kashi actually sat down with two of our expert guests to discuss the result. Uh, Let's hear what James Rosenberg from ELNC Value had to say to start. 
It wasn't as bad as it could have been. It could have been a real mm. train wreck. Okay. And um, the result was probably mm. flattered by a lower impairment charge. Yeah. I think they were 2.2 billion last half and 900 million yep. in the uh, period just reported. Um, look, it was okay. In a, it is a challenging environment. It's very difficult, but um, I find it pretty difficult to get enthused about the whole sector, I have to say. Right. You don't want to be overweight in the sector. Right. The capital T1 ratio came in about 16.5%, which is well above what we think they would need to be, you know, to, to avoid that extra capital raise. Uh, totally agree that uh, we wouldn't want to be um, buying into any of the top four banks at the moment. I think yep. we've said a few times Macquarie Bank is where we would like to be. Okay. Um, one of the things we want to keep an eye on is the number of defaults or provisions if they start ticking up again. That was Rob Corlett from Macro Capital giving his two cents on Westpac. And look, safe to say it's not going in the portfolio. Uh, we had a lot of news out today. It wasn't just AMP. It was Mason selling its mobile business to Optus. It was also CSR. And we spoke with the CEO of CSR late in the day, uh, Julie Coates. So she was really emphasizing, um, I suppose, the relative resilience of the building products sector through this pandemic, they've done a lot of work when it comes to cost cutting and putting a lot of emphasis on supply chain management going forward. Um, but look, she said that the housing market and the you know environment, operating environment for CSR was tricky even going into the pandemic. So she's sounded pretty juiced to get on with the work to be done there at CSR. Shares though today, Scuddy, had a good one. Um, one of the best performers up by five and a half percent by the time all was said and done. If you'd like to listen to that interview with the CEO and MD of CSR, you can do it via the show notes as well. I'd like though to move away from equities, shall we? Because yeah, we've sort of conveniently been, uh, I guess, putting to the side all of the risk events that are on the horizon this week. Not the least of Talking which... about the Melbourne Cup, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about the Melbourne Cup. Um, I haven't given the Melbourne Cup, honestly, a second thought this year. Maybe partly because COVID, but mostly, I think, because of the RBA. So we've talked about it a lot. Um, we're anticipating a cut. We're anticipating QE. You don't think that they're going to be putting a dollar figure on it, although perhaps... I, in a perfect world, they would. Let's just look past the RBA, Scuddy. Mm. Let's look to even past the U.S. election. Let's not forget that we've got an FOMC meeting later this week as well. Uh, will that be lost in, in the mix? If you asked me this question a week or so ago, I'd say yes, undoubtedly. Uh, that'll be just uh, you know, noise on what's gonna, otherwise going to be a very volatile week dominated by politics. But uh, one thing I've been watching a close eye on is the uh, is risk-free rates. So sovereign sovereign rates, government bond yields. We saw ten years in the United States going close at the highest level uh, seen basically since June this year. Now at a nominal level, they're still incredibly low yields, but we've got this continued drift up in an environment where it's risk off. Equity markets are under pressure. Uh, financial conditions are tightening. So I'm just starting to go and wonder now whether the, the Fed, in its wisdom and given its reaction function in the past. If we see some volatility, increased volatility in markets this week, we don't get a clear-cut uh, result when it comes to the election. We see yields continue to go and push higher. Uh, I think there is a growing risk that the Fed might go and surprise the markets uh, and actually go and increase asset purchases or something along those lines to go and try and calm markets down. I've just seen it enough times in the past that the Fed reacts 
to market movements. If markets become too volatile, too jittery, I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest to see Gern step in when we get the result uh, of that decision come at the very early hours on Friday morning local time. Yeah. Friday morning our time. So if you think about that timeline, it's Wednesday afternoon here in Australia that we start to get potential results trickling in from the US election. Whether or not it will be contested, it's going to be volatile. That is, uh, you know, that's the consensus. Uh, it will be even more uncertain if we don't have a clear-cut uh, victor or if Donald Trump claims victory ahead of a significant portion of those votes being uh, count- counted uh, in particular. So we've got the FOMC coming you know, pretty much a day and a half after that. Yeah, it, and it matters because I know a lot of people pointed to the outlook statements from the tech giants on, uh, on Thursday morning, uh, our time. Uh, no, sorry, Friday morning, our time. Yep. Thursday night uh, uh, there about I know, explaining why uh, you know, the, the carnage that we saw in those particular stocks. But taking a look at what's going on in lo- longer-dated yields, which markets are priced off, this is a, this risk-free rates are what the market determinant of asset valuations are. I'm not surprised in the slightest to see the tech underperform because those yields did rise quite substantially. And the backdrop, as just gets it, it's, it's risk-off. So once again, if it comes to the point where we actually go to get a risk-on scenario and we really see yields jackknife, uh, don't be surprised to see those tech names get hit the hardest. Yeah, um, and we did get personal income data out from the US on Friday. So still consumption is improving there, but government help is so essential to continue to support spending in coming quarters. And that is not clear when or how and what shape that will take. So we've got manufacturing PMIs still to come in the US. We've got construction spending. We've got non-farm payrolls. We expect to get, um, you know, locally more data beyond the RBA's decision tomorrow. We get the statement of monetary policy. We get retail trade and trade balance data. Um, yeah, there's a lot on the agenda. There's a sort of a wall of worry for investors to climb and hang on throughout. So we'll be bringing plenty of analysis to you, uh, you know, throughout the coming days. Um, look, we had quite a lot of data here in Australia today. I should have mentioned it when we were talking CSR, but, you know, building approval data, finance data, house price data looking pretty strong. A um, bit of a quieter day tomorrow in terms of those, you know, releases, but we do get consumer confidence ahead of that RBA decision, which happens at 2.30. You got to get your sleep, Scotty. We'll be live throughout. I'm revved up. It's going to be a big week and I'm going to be on all firing all cylinders. So Scotty's going to be on the ball. (laughs) Mark that in your calendar. (laughs) Uh, Listen, tomorrow we've got a great lineup. Ed Moya from Mwenda joins us in the morning to kick things off. Joe Masters, EY Chief Economist here at Barangaroo to take us through what she's expecting from that RBA announcement. Really looking forward to check in with Michael Janicki. He's head of Australian equities at Credit Suisse. We'll take his pulse of the market's positioning as we enter this peak market risk period. He will be telling us his sector picks. Jim McDonald, Northern Trust Chief Investment Strategist, will be joining us just after 10 o'clock to talk U.S. election. And on it goes. Uh, But safe to say, Scuddy, I mean, I think it was a decent performance from the ASX, uh, you know, today. Decent regional performance Mm -hmm. as well. Um, So a lot riding on what happens uh, in the U.S., tonight to really set us up as we head into you know the big risky period absolutely i don't want to discount the performance of today it was a you know a resilient performance and the like but i suspect i haven't had a chance to go and look but i suspect volumes are quite down mm-hmm. uh look i don't think a lot of people will be making any moves in fact i think a lot of the uh, the position the resilience that we saw today in those stocks is probably re- reflected by uh 
tweaks the positioning, given there was a bit of bearish momentum in stocks, in equity markets in particular, over recent, uh, recent weeks. Maybe just pulling back on those bets ahead of what's going to be a chaotic few days ahead. Yep. All right. So... Uh, look, we look forward to seeing you, uh, well, or you seeing us, I suppose, listening in on what we're doing tomorrow. We're live from 8.30 on osbiz.com.au or via the app. If you don't uh, have the app on your mobile device, it'd be worthwhile getting. It allows you to follow specific companies, and that way, when some of our expert guests talk about those companies, we can give you a notification just at the end of the day, and it allows you to catch up with those interviews. So it's almost like a curation service. It just gives you what you want so that's the Osbiz app and you can find that in the apple i store uh what else do i have to say nothing nothing to say today i'm gonna save a little bit of my energy as well for what's to come this week look we love doing what we do thank you so much for joining us uh should we call it a wrap for the second of november we'll call it a wrap and we'll uh we'll, we'll see you for melbourne cup day and more importantly rba day 